welcome back to another episode of Blood, Sweat and Cauliflower here, guys. Now, first of all, we'll address the fucking elephant in the room. You're probably all wondering, where the fuck have you been? Now, you know, like everybody, I'm sure anybody can uh, attest to this. You know, sometimes life gets in the way, let it be work, uh, you know, personal problems, family issues, you got a lot of birthdays going on, um, you know, things get in the way, you lose motivation, you lose momentum, and you fall behind, you know, you sort of forget why you started it, you forget about it altogether, really, so, um, yeah, after, shit, after UFC 214, one of the best cards I've seen in a long time, um, sort of reminded me why I got into this, you know, and, and, and why I was so passionate, so, um, that and a uh, YouTube channel called BJJ Scout, where he breaks down a lot of real high-level uh, fighters, their techniques they use, or certain positions. Um, I first found out about him watching a Dominic Cruz breakdown, actually, um, explaining his footwork and what he's trying to do, and so on and so forth. So, no, yeah, I fell off a little bit, guys. I, um, yeah, I, I don't know. It, it was weird. I just sort of forgot about it. Like, I've stopped training. I don't do jiu-jitsu anymore, I don't really do anything, so I'm actually trying to get back into doing everything, you know, get my life back on track, get my life sorted, and, um, you know, go forward and keep doing what I like doing, which is talking to you guys about the fights. Um, now, first of all, please, first of all, I really hope you did actually watch these fights, because otherwise, this whole thing is pointless, there's not really much point in us uh, having this convers- this very one-sided conversation, but if you didn't watch the card, I'll give you a quick rundown of what happened, I didn't get a chance to watch the prelims, I ended up, um, not the fight past prelims anyway, I ended up uh, having a few things to do, and I might go back and rewatch those a little bit later on, but I managed to catch the prelims, I went out, uh, actually, uh, for a change, I went out to a bar and watched the fights, actually, with um, my friend Glenn, and he, took, and he introduced me to a lot of his friends, um, for the life of me, I can't remember a lot of their names, there's, you know, a bit of alcohol involved, there's a few people there, there's a lot of fights to remember, really nice guys and gals, um, a lot of, a lot of support from the locals, you know, watching the fights and stuff, we had Dan Hooker there in Kaikata, France, he wasn't with us, but he was in the same room, you know, so, same thing, um, yeah, I got there just as the Andre Feely and Calvin Qatar fight was just ending, so I couldn't really make too much of a call on that one, um, I actually... I thought this was going to be the fight of the night, Brian Ortega and Hanato Moicano, um, just because of Brian Ortega's, not just his record, but his attitude, if you know his backstory, if you don't know his backstory, um, first of all, for sure lose my number, and second of all, go to the Big Brown Breakdown um, podcast, Brendan Schaub, he actually had Brian Ortega on, and he gives Brian um, about an hour and a half, two hours to really give his backstory, you know, troubled youth, you know, being a Mexican, coming up, you know, had the had the option of, of gangs or school type deal, and he chose jiu-jitsu instead, so that's an interesting story in itself, but I thought, yeah, just with his, his, uh, his relent, uh, relentlessness, um, his jiu-jitsu pedigree is super dope, I thought he, this was going to be the best fight of the night, but, and I mean, shit, it was close too, if it wasn't for a few other fights on the card, but yeah, Brian Ortega got a late submission in the third round, they were piecing each other up early on, um, number nine in, in the featherweight division, Hanato Moicano, god damn, man, he, his striking was really on point, and you could see when he was landing against Brian, Brian would get pissed off that he got hit, and he would just walk forward, just, just, just kept coming, I think that was something that sort of made Moicano shoot in that third round, because Brian Ortega was just eating shots like Oreos, and just kept walking forward, just kept coming forward, just relentless pressure, wouldn't give him any space to breathe, and so I think it got to the stage where Moicano was like, well, god damn, 
piecing them up on the feet's not working, so maybe we'll see what his jiu-jitsu game is really like. Or at least, you know, fake a takedown to keep him guessing. But shit, man, he shot a single leg with that head on the outside, and it looked like he tried to transition into that, uh, I don't know what it's called, you transition to the double leg where your head's sort of, your ear's on the rib cage, and you sort of drive sideways. But, man, Brian locked his arm up around that neck and strangled him. It was over faster than most people... Um, Thought it would be, but yeah, goddamn props to Brian. Aljamain Sterling versus Hennon Brown. Now that was a that was a little bit of a catch weight. Um, they, I found, I only recently, well, I only just learned this because of this fight. Um, the commission keeps track of like percentage of your body weight or or something like that. Um, basically they track how much weight you're cutting over a period of time, and if you're trying to cut too much weight too drastically, they won't let you, either they won't let you fight, or they'll try and work out some sort of catch weight, which is what they did in this case, they, um, it was supposed to be at 135, which is Aljo the Funkmaster's, uh, home weight class, and Hannon Burrell, former champion at 135 pounds, um, he wasn't allowed to make the cut all the way down to 135, they figured out a deal, and made the catch weight at 140, so there's a few people grumbling, you know, like a lot of people do when people don't make weight, um, Chow Sonnen's really quite hard about that, you know, you sign an agreement, it's a deal, it's a legal contract, you said, I will be here at this date, at this time, weighing this much, you know, like, so you, you can sort of see why people get a little bit annoyed, Aljo didn't really take too much uh, notice of it, <laughs> judging by the fight anyway, it was just a clinic um, of Aljo showing how much of a superior grappler he is, um, it was quite crazy, um, I thought Burrell would do a lot better on the feet, and considering Burrell's a Nova, uh, Nova Uniao, uh, come from Andre Pedaneris' gym, um, I think Andre's, I think he's churned out like a hundred black belts in jiu-jitsu or something like that, so I don't know if he's going for quality over quantity, or that guy just has a seriously, seriously popular fucking jiu-jitsu class, um, but yeah, the Funk Master was putting Hannon in some real, real crazy grappling positions, which you can sort of understand considering his grappling, um, lineage coming from, um, Matt Serra, who of course comes from Henzo Gracie, um, Henzo Gracie, you know, that, that academy in New York, you know, they're savage leg lock masters down there, um, um, especially under the tutelage of um, John Danaher, so that was insane, that that was a really good fight to watch, I think Burrell's got to figure out what weight he's going to try and sit at, but I feel like he, yeah, he's obviously not doing well at bantamweight, he didn't do well against number 8, so for sure it's not like he's top 5 anymore, um, but hopefully we can fi figure out what to do with the Baron. Uh, the headlining fight on the prelims, this one was another one I had a hard time trying to decide which would be, um, fight of the night, it was obviously between Brian Ortega, Hanato Moicano, Ricardo Lamas, and Jason Knight, and the other one I thought would be fight of the night was Robbie Lawler and Donald Cerrone, um, that fight wasn't as lackluster as I feared it would be, but it also obviously wasn't as as exciting as I thought it would be. I feel like uh, th those are two fighters that should have fucking headlined their own card. Give them five rounds, man. I can guarantee you Robbie would have picked up the pace um, in that fourth and fifth if he got the chance like he did in the third. But, you know, we can all have hopes and dreams. Um, Ricardo Lamas and Jason Knight. Now, I was actually betting on Jason Knight. I was really... Cause Last time he fought against Chaz Skelly, you guys might have listened to um, might have listened to that earlier podcast. I actually picked uh, Chaz Skelly to win that one. I thought Chaz Skelly had a had a better um, submission game. I thought he was going to impose as well um, on the ground, especially from the top. But um, we all know the history books know how that fight went, and you all do too. 
Um, so that why I was sort of leaning towards Justin Knight. He showed uh, his striking in his last fight that he's not just a guy that can fight off his back. Shows he can stand and trade too. Chaz Skelly is a big dude as well. Um, it's a hell of a cut for 145. So I, you know, I thought Jason Knight could handle it. It is it is quite a rankings discrepancy. Number 15 for Jason Knight, number three for Ricardo Lamas. But you know we've seen greater discrepancies and dudes come back and shock the world. Um, Brian Moreno versus, oh, was it Luis Smoker? Or it might have been the fight before Luis Smoker, actually. I can't quite remember. But he came off tough, you know, number 16 seed, and went out and subbed, like, number 8. So, you know, it's it's not it's not unheard of to have somebody quite lower down the ranks uh, surprise and shock the world. But, you know, this was much like um, people talking about uh, comparing this fight to the... Who was it? Ah, the um, Duho Choi and Cub Swanson fight. A lot of hype behind Duho Choi, and for good goddamn reason, the kid can pull the trigger like a motherfucker. But Cub wasn't having any of it. Had to remind people who the fuck Cub Swanson was and why he was ranked what he's ranked. Um, same thing with Chris Weidman and Calvin Gastelum. A lot of hype, a lot of hype behind Calvin, and again, for good fucking reason. With hands like his and... Uh, Footwork and speed, especially at 185, he was the smaller guy, but he was definitely the fastest. Um, Chris Weidman had to let him know, nah, man, you, you got some good skills, but this is the big boys league up in here, man. We're the big motherfuckers. Um, and then again, same thing. You had Ricardo, the bully. He just wasn't having it. It's quite funny, actually. Ricardo, the bully, and Jason, the kid. So... In that respect, it was quite interesting. The kid did get bullied, but um, not without, you know, seeing glimpses of why Jason Knight got this matchup. God damn, he showed he's definitely got a hell of a fucking jujitsu game off his back. Um, he threatened a few submissions, you know, playing his typical rubber guard. He got to mission control a few times, but Ricardo Lamas was real heavy on top, you know, trying a lot of ground and pound, but... Uh, when Jason Knight went to get back to his feet, um, wasn't watching his range with the technical get-up, and... As soon as he stood up, Lamas just unloaded and cracked him and was all over from there. Knight's got a chin on him, though. God damn, that dude eats shots like the juggernaut does. He wasn't trying to block. He wasn't trying to move his head. He was trying to eat shots and time it and try and land a haymaker and KO Lamas. But, um, yeah, not, Knight sort of, uh, he, he, what's the word? He fought. He, he didn't like the decision. He didn't like the referee stoppage. He thought he could have carried on, but I like that stoppage, man. We saw what Jason Knight's good at. We saw that this kid's got fucking potential. Let's not waste him, you know, throwing him at these high high rank fighters and just getting fucking pummeled after he's unconscious. You know, the kid's got plenty, plenty of life left in him. So let's try and keep it in him, mate. We don't try and drain him out too soon. We need as many stars as we can get. Now we'll move over to the main card. Um. Jimmy Manoa versus Vulcan Uzdemir. Man, I love saying that name. <laughs> Ever since that name got mentioned when he fought um, Misha Serkinov. Just as Uzdemir, Vulcan Uzdemir. I just love saying it. I think I was pissing a few people off at the bar every time they mentioned his name. Uzdemir, Vulcan Uzdemir. Um, but holy shit. I mean, I called this fight and I didn't call this fight. I knew there was no way that that fight was going to decision. I actually thought it would get... Uh, a finish in the second round. I didn't know who was going to do it, but I knew there was no way this was going to decision. I really didn't think it was going to go third round, but holy shit, Vulcan Uzdemir comes out in true Uzdemirian fashion and just comes out and throws bombs, uh, drops Manoa and stops the fight in 42 seconds, or 48 seconds, which is like all of, what, 
20 seconds longer than his last fight, so, um, Uzdemir just on a fucking run at the moment, um, it is quite crazy, you know, he's only, I'm trying to find out, just let me have a quick look, I just want to see how many fights he's had, uh, in the UFC, just because he's got a 14 and 1 record, he's, oh, god damn, he fought Ovin St. Peru, then Misha Serkinov, I'm not sure how, what, what the decision was, um, with Ovens, but I'm pretty sure he, pretty sure he beat him, um, knocked out Misha Serkinov, they throw him at fucking Jimmy Manoa, who they were talking was the backup for, um, for John Jones and Daniel Cormier, if that fell through, so you're telling me that this guy, this guy Jimmy Manoa is good enough to be a backup, meaning he may get a shot at the title soon, and you put him against Vulcan. God damn, I'm not surprised Vulcan didn't crap his pants from pressure as he walked in. But man went in there and handled that shit like a boss. Just went out there, threw hands, 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 as Snoop Dogg would say. And fucking that was all she wrote. So, I mean, damn, number five on the light heavyweight before he fought Jimmy Manoa. Fuck knows who he's fighting next. I really don't want to see him fight... Uh, uh, John Jones just yet, please don't feed him to the fucking lion just yet, let him get a couple of fights up there, I say we give uh, Gustafson to John, you know, and let them two figure out their bullshit, and let's have Vulcan, I don't know, anyone, Cormier, uh, Teixeira, there's plenty of people in light heavyweight that he could fight, doesn't need to skip him all the way to a title shot, man, I was scared they were going to do that with Rose Namanunez and Joanna, Jesus, just give them a bit of time, let them get their feet wet a little bit more, Christ, they've barely got their ankles in, you motherfuckers are trying to throw them up to their knees, Jesus, so, nah man, props to Vulcan, um, hope Jimmy makes a, a, a real swift recovery, and we see him back in the octagon soon, because fucking, whether Manor was winning or losing, he's always a part of fucking dope fights, now, here was the fight that I, the only fight I thought where there was a bit of controversy, not, you know, not a big, oh, what the fuck, you know, like you have, you see in New York a lot with fucking weigh-ins and stoppages and oh, just, you know, the list goes on, but Robbie came out in that, sorry, I'll fucking tell you what fight I'm talking about, Robbie Lawler and Donald Cerrone, number three at welterweight and number six, um, I thought Cowboy was going to win because he had more weapons. He, he, you know, his leg kicks, body kicks, head kicks, his knees. He's got pretty good hands too. Um, I did see that Robbie had the, I thought Robbie had the style advantage, um, being a lot more mobile, um, using a lot of footwork, a lot of feints to set his hands up. Donald is a lot more plodding and walk forward, standing in front of you, very tie stylish. Um, Robbie came out in the first round and just started storming Cerrone, which I think might be a bit of a key. I think people have figured out with Donald, you can't give him time to set up his strikes, get his distance, and, and really find his rhythm and start picking you apart from the outside, which like you did against uh, Jim Miller, which, oh, go back and watch that fight. That's a fight I'll rewatch every now and then just for shits and giggles, because goddamn, that fight ages like a fine wine, son, just gets better and better. Um... Yeah, Robbie came out, just started throwing hands, and he threw a lot of punches, and, you know, you could see Donald's grabbing the back of the neck, trying to hide his, trying to hide his head behind his shoulders in that tie clinch, um, I was quite worried that Donald was going to get stopped there, I thought Robbie was going to, um, finish him there, because, you know, when Robbie throws, and especially at that pace, with that intentions, not a lot of dudes are left standing after that, um, but again, you know, Donald Cerrone, every time, like when he fought Matt Brown, I thought he was going to lose against Matt Brown, 
man, was I wrong. Every time I think Donald's going to go down or Donald's not going to be able to do it, he fucking pulls through, man. So, I, I, I'm, yeah, I'm silly of me to think Saroni would go down, but he uh, managed to survive the storm early in the first and started to even it out in the first. But uh, I'd definitely give it to Robbie just for the sheer aggression and control. Second round, Donald came out and started to get his range. Um, you'd actually see him using a lot of hands, a lot of punch, uh, boxing combinations, um, more so than I'm used to seeing anyway, but um, wasn't as many teeps to the body, um, he threw a, through, uh, a few head kicks, not a lot of leg kicks, I think he was a bit worried about being taken down by Robbie, which surprised me, um, considering how good Donald is off his back, multiple triangle submissions and whatnot, um, yeah, so I, I I definitely gave the second round to Donald, landing a lot more for sure, a lot more activity. I think if you look at the uh, the company strikes, I think Donald threw like thirty strikes or landed thirty strikes, whereas uh, Lola landed three or only threw three. So it was definitely a lot of Robbie, you know, being patient, taking his time. Um, you know, went to Plan B, couldn't finish him in the first. Let's you know regain a bit of gas and we'll start looking at Plan B. Let's get some data together and see see where we can find a weakness. Um, third round, I yeah, it was fucking close. It was close. Um, and the defense of the judges, it was not an easy fight to score, not by a long shot. But I still, I still felt like Donald was a lot more active. He definitely had a lot more of the um. The, he dominated in the grappling um, when he did take Cowboy down, admittedly, uh, uh, Robbie down, admittedly, he only took Robbie down in the first, as far as I'm aware, but I feel like, yeah, yeah, well, I suppose you've got to judge it round by round, you can't, at the end of the fight, try and look at it as a whole, as a fight, but I did, I, I thought Cowboy won that, but again, if you look at the CompuStrike num numbers, um, it was very, very close in the third round, I think they were only off by two or three punches, uh, strikes, but... Yeah, not not mad. That was one of those fights where it didn't matter who won or who lost. I was going to be a little bit upset about that. Um, I'm just more worried about what do you do with with Robbie um, Donald. You know, he's he's for sure always got his uh, his stock always goes up. He um, he very very rarely even a loss. It doesn't really set him back that much. I mean, he lost his last fight and look who you know just fought Robbie Lawler. So it's it. Cowboy's one of those people, it doesn't really matter uh, whether he wins or loses a fight, it's always an interesting fight, so um, plenty of options for Cowboy, especially at 170, he can go back down to 150 if he really wants to, I'd really rather he didn't, um, but again, I'm just a guy sitting down in my basement talking into a microphone by myself, so um, we won't listen too much to my opinion, but that, that's what I'd like to see. Um, there's also, yeah, for, for Robbie, I just feel... Mm, it's been in a long time. It's been a hell of a game. Um, we could see him fight Damien Meyer, Wonder Boy. You know, there's a few fights there. I, I don't see him taking fights below him. Um, he's fought Condit already. I wouldn't be mad at a Mars Vidal fight, but I feel like if they give him Mars Vidal, that's them sort of writing Robbie off. Like, ah, nah, he, do, he doesn't have it anymore. You know, let's let's give Mars Vidal uh, an opportunity to, to, to make a name off, him, off Robbie, you know, with a win over Robbie. But... Uh, who knows, uh, I, I saw Colby Covington call out uh, Donald, told him to either drop down to 155 or stay at 170 for his retirement fight, which I thought was big talk for a guy that just humped somebody's leg in the last fight, but again, just guy in his basement. Um, I also saw him talking a little bit of shit to Robbie Lawler as well, saying he respected him and he was a champion, but you know, you're old, your time's passed, 
da 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 you know, just trying to get a fucking fight. Um, yeah, I, I'd like to see, I'd, I'd like to see Lawler fight Wonderboy, just because, uh, um, I, I don't need any more, I don't need another Maya fight for a little bit, and I definitely don't need another Tyron Woodley fight for a little bit. Um, I don't want to see Robbie rematch Tyron straight away. Uh, I don't really want to see a boar fest again. Um, so yeah, it's, it, it is a bit worrying for me personally. I don't know what they're going to do with Robbie, but I feel like getting rid of him is a really, really bad move. Um, but damn, 27 and 11. God, look at Cowboys record, 32 and 8. Motherfucker. Um, the co, co-main event, or the other main event, or the other, other main event, whatever the fuck you want to call it. Chris Cyborg versus Tanya Triple Threat Avenger. Holy shit. Now, a lot of people probably won't know Tanya Avenger, because up until about a week ago, when you looked on UFC Fight Pass, and you looked up the matchup between the two, it was a picture of Chris Cyborg, and just a black shadow, which still, you ask Brendan Sharp, it's just fucking confusing, considering how how easy it is to upload an image. <clears throat> Tonya Avenger was actually the, and I, well, she might still be, uh, I'm not too sure, but uh, before this fight, she was the Invicta 135-pound women's champion, um, and she just had uh, a hell of a fight uh, a few months ago, and she's had a lot of good fucking fights, actually, being the triple threat. Um, she was a wrestler originally, um, and has some super slick uh, submission skills. But for sure, she can throw hands. She can throw down with the best of them. Uh, and a lot of people would say that statement isn't true. But after surviving sort of two and a half rounds against Chris Cyborg, that's about around, you know, two rounds more than most people thought she was going to survive. Um, Chris Cyborg went out there in true Cyborg fashion and just, you know, shooter box, just throwing hands, trying to kill a bitch. Um, Tanya Evinger was just eating those shots, doing her best. You'd see Tanya get cracked, her head snapped back, she'd wobble back to the cage. But as soon as she her her mind cleared, she was straight back, head down, working behind the jab, trying to put something together. You could see mentally she was all there. Tough as fucking nails, man, physically and mentally. Eating shots and just wasn't wasn't swayed by it, didn't run away and hide and just fall down, she was still trying to find, find a way to win, still trying to find the effort, you know, so gangster ass fight for Tonya Evinger, um, hell of a fight to draw for your fucking debut in the UFC, but such as the game these days, WME, IMG with the UFC, you and me, plus some THC and some KFC, Fuck man, I don't know. Yeah, I don't know what the hell they're thinking, but you know, finally, it's 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 been a it's been a hell of a road for Cyborg. You know, she's had a few uh, a few positive tests. She's had um, you know, a bit of shit from a few fighters, from a few commentators and owners of the company. Um, but she made it, man. She's here. She's got it. The woman's featherweight champion of the world. The baddest bitch to walk, and a lot of people would argue that Gabby Garcia is better, but I disagree. I'd say Chris Cyborg would still knock her the fuck out. Now, who do we have next for Tonya? Uh, I don't know. Uh, we're still going to see whether she wants to stay in the featherweight or if she wants to drop down to 135. Who knows? Um, there's plenty of fights for her at 135. 145, oof, who knows? We'll have to see who else wants to come up. Cyborg, that's an even harder one because there's no way she's going down to 135. I think anybody that lets her is a fucking piece of shit and should stay away from her. Um... But, yeah, I don't know. It depends who wants to fight at 145. As soon as word was that Cyborg was fighting, there was a lot of people that didn't want to buy of it. Um, Jermaine Durandamy didn't want to fuck with it. 
Uh, Amanda Nunes at one point was talking about going up and becoming the first woman to hold two titles at the same time. As soon as she heard Cyborg was clear, she's like, well, nah, well, you can keep all that fucking bullshit. She didn't want to borrow that either. She knew that was Cyborg's division. So um, I'd like to see Megan Anderson. I think that's probably your best bet. You could, I think you can make a case for Holly Holm to fight her, um, considering Holly's last fight was a KO, her fight before that. I would argue she won. Uh, the woman's featherweight title against Jermaine Durandamy, but, you know, let's not fucking dig up old graves. Um, that's a good fight at 145, Cyborg and Holly Holm, but I think they're quite good friends. I know they did a movie together, um, so I don't know if they'd be willing to sort of cross paths. Uh, well, regardless of whether they were friends or not, I don't know of many women that want to cross paths with Chris Cyborg. But yeah, I, I think me- Megan Anderson um, is probably our best bet, is probably going to give us the best... Uh, value for money, you know, she's probably going to give Cyborg her best run, uh, yeah, give her a best challenge, that I'm aware of anyway, but please feel free, if there's other women out there that you think could beat Cyborg that aren't in the UFC, or are for that matter, please feel free, tweet it at me, fucking tag me on Instagram, let me know what's up, now, oh my god, the quintessential most fucking boring fight I've seen in a long, long time, and now a lot of people are going to rag on me, oh, you fucking don't like Tyron Woodley, fuck, you never liked him since, since he became champ, you fucking thought Wonderboy's UFC is mad because he beats Wonderboy twice, that's why, uh, no, no, that's not why I dislike Woodley, there's a lot of reasons I dislike Woodley as a champion, not as a person, I don't know him as a person, but... You know, it's one thing. It's he's the worst treated champion in, in, in history of the UFC. Then Joe Rogan's racist because he just expects me to be super athletic. And you know, I'm I'm not well rounded. I'm a specialist. I specialize in MMA. It, you know, like it just gets so so tiring. There's nothing you can say to this man without him feeling like there's a massive chip on his shoulder. Um, but even even Damien Meyer, I'm not even particularly happy with fucking Damien Damien Meyer's performance in that fight either. Um, you could see Tyron all Tyron was trying to do was stop the takedown. That's it. Or you could see that Damien Meyer was trying to do was get the takedown. Neither of them tried to implement a plan B or add something into the the plan A. You know, stuff the takedown and throw some strikes. Follow up on them. How do you get so tired just stop, you know sprawling twenty four times? I mean, God, don't get me wrong, I'm sure it is tiring to, to stuff takedowns, and it, and it is a hell of a feat to accomplish to stop Damien Meyer from taking you down, because, yeah, it takes a lot of people down in, in the welterweight division. But come on, you're the champion. The champion doesn't just not lose. The champion has to win. The champion has to fight. It's not just about stopping your opponent from doing what he wants to do. It's about also imposing your game plan. This is a fight. There has to be aggression. You have to push forward. Momentum. March. Come on. Something. Flick him on the nose. Shit. Oh, my God. I mean, he landed one uppercut on Damien Meyer, which closed his eye. He threw, like four overhand rights and then dislocated his shoulder and then that was it for the match it was just Damian Meyer throwing 147 jabs and missing 24 single legs I mean god forbid please 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 do not make me pay for another one of his fucking fights either of them for that matter I'll watch either of them for free for sure no problem but fuck don't make me pay another $30 to watch Tyron Woodley jab around and throw three overhands and then talk about how he's the greatest welterweight of all time. Fuck me. God. 
So now let's talk about something that was got me probably just as emotional as that fucking boring co-main event, but in the opposite way. Holy shit. Man, I was screaming through that whole fight. I probably pissed a few people off at the Empire Bar and Tavern, but duff shit. That's what happens when you have things open to the public. You get assholes like me with a big voice and a small wallet, so eat a dick. Um, no, it was dope. Um, coming into this event, John Bones Jones versus the champion, Daniel DC Cormier. I, this one was really, really hard to pick, um, you know, you had so much data to pull from, there were so many ways that this fight could have gone, uh, yeah, I, I, I wasn't mad at the fight, even though I picked, I picked Daniel to win by decision, um, I thought the ring rust was going to play a big factor, I thought Daniel had made such progress and gotten so much better since their last fight that I thought, he would have closed the gap enough, um, not so much where he'd dominate and show John Jones that he ain't shit, and the game's completely changed since you've been away, but I thought he would definitely have closed the gap enough, and do enough damage, and do enough work to make people go, oh shit, yeah, John Jones is human, man, that dude, no, oh, damn, he was off, but shit, um, I, and I, I, you know, and obviously I did take into account the possibility that John Jones just might win, just might come out and shock the world like he did when he fought Shogun Hua. Um, I, but I thought, I thought it was going to be a third round submission, possibly fourth round. Uh, before the fight, I called it third. When I was watching the fight and watching the pace and watching what was happening, I thought it would be a fourth round decision. But, um, <laughs> yeah, I was wrong on all counts, apparently. Um, you saw some real, real great pressure and uh, chin on Daniel Cormier. Just walking John forward straight away, just in his face. Pressure, pressure. Um, he was obviously like most people would with that kind of height and reach discrepancy. You can see Daniel has, was having a bit of issue closing the distance, getting inside to actually land some meaningful punches. He was landing a few, but they seemed to be landing, catching John just on the end, just when he was, you know, reaching just past full extension. And John, you know, being as long and tall as he is, just sort of rolling away with it. Um, I would have liked to have seen a few more body kicks, uh, body punches and, and leg kicks from Daniel. Um, he possibly could have been scared of getting taken down, but fuck. You know, he obviously showed the first time John tried to take him down, he didn't have an issue with it, just bellied down and reversed and got back up. Um, but yeah, Daniel did a lot of things right. Uh, I mean, I suppose... <laughs> How, you know, getting on the inside and ripping to the body on John Jones is probably a lot easier said than done. Um, but goddamn, I f John Jones, fucking masterful performance. Masterful performance. Um, you really got to see what, what, to me, looked like the bull in the matador. Daniel Cormier, just the bull, walking him down, forward pressure, just eating everything and coming forward, just trying to get close to him, just trying to get hands on him. And John Jones, you know, playing playing everything on the back foot, trying to keep that range, trying to use his, his long arms and long legs to his advantage. Just throwing that oblique kick at Daniel Cormier's knee like a goddamn shotgun. And you could see it buckling Daniel's leg. Just just from, you know, the leg moving, but nothing from the face. Looked like a barely phased Daniel. I was really starting to worry that that was going to, you know, be the decider for the fight, that he was just going to blow his leg out. But, nah, man, my friend Glenn was sitting next to me in that second round going, it's all over in the third, it's all over in the third. I'm going, I don't know. I don't know, bro. Nah, I reckon it's over in the fourth. And, god damn, I fucking ate my words. John Jones went out there, stepped back through that head kick, Daniel Cormier blocked to the body, and man, it knocked 
the fucking snot out of Daniel Cormier's nose. And John Jones just rushed him up and finished him. Beautiful performance. You know, faking with the hands, landing the right hand, leg kick to trip him, and just, you know, real, real good ground and pound. Big John gave Daniel plenty, plenty of time to recover and possibly stop that, but yeah, man, uh, John Jones was just on point that night. He was just landing everything. You know, he was switching stances, landing kicks when he wanted. There was very few things that he wasn't able to do, bar hold Cormier down in that first round when he when he tried that first takedown. But, wow, John Jones is fucking back, ladies and gentlemen. Um, so, yeah, I think, like, and, you know, Brendan Schaub said it, a lot of people said it, you know, greatest of all time, pound for pound best. Um, I still don't know about pound for pound best. No, like, not number one, number two for sure, but I just feel like with, with what Mighty Mouse does, uh, not just to his opponents, but just his technique in general, you know, that, that he's still still my personal pound-for-pound pound number one. But, yeah, greatest of all time, especially in the light heavy, no fucking argument. God damn, John Jones is beautiful. Um, people don't bring Mighty Mouse into the conversation for greatest of all time, but... Uh, I do, I do, I really do, but these, these, that's, that's my two guys, Mighty Mouse and John Jones, but never have I been, uh, happy to be wrong, um, it was great to see John Jones come back, it would have been terrible for his legacy after all this drama, after all these setbacks, after everything that went wrong for him to then lose again as well, I mean, yeah, it would have given us the trilogy fight, but, you know, it, it would have been like Ronda Rousey, you know, big star, big star, big flash and then fizzles away to nothing that was the last thing I wanted for John um and you know for him as a person and selfishly for me as a fan of the sport but yeah man it, it, it was a fantastic card it was a great card to watch um one I was glad I actually got to go out and enjoy and um meet a few new people whilst doing that um and sort of introduce myself to Dan Hooker in a very informal listen to the loud fucking white guy sitting over there doesn't know what he's talking about but hey you know, that's what happens when you drink a little bit, when you're watching the fights, you get excited, you get a bit aggressive, well, and for those of you that know me, I'm always loud regardless of um, <laughs> booze or excitedness, so it is what it is, but nah, it, it was, it was a good time, um, I'm usually not one for watching fights uh, out in public, out in um, pubs and whatnot, I think the last one I watched at a pub was at Little Easy's, um, it was the McGregor and Diaz rematch, um, I watched that one, just because, you know, the alcohol, a lot of conversation going on, it's very hard for me to focus in on and, and watch the fights, you know, um, so, uh, you know, having to go back and rewatch a fight, you know, and, 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 and you know, just timing-wise, it's hard to watch it on a Monday morning or Monday afternoon and whatnot, so, um, this one, yeah, this one was really good, really good, a lot better experience, I'll, I'll most likely go again and um, watch another event there without a doubt, uh, hopefully with the same people, they're all very knowledgeable, very funny, um, good people in general, nice, you know, have a beer with, have some hot chips, watch some fights, it was awesome, so you yeah, guys, I know we sort of felt like we've rushed through those fights a little bit, but, um, a little hard pressed for time, trying to still fit this in along with everything else i got going on in my life, uh, worked quite a few hours and whatnot, you know, balancing everything, but I just wanted to get back out there, guys, man, I miss doing this, I miss talking to you guys, and hopefully you guys miss hearing from me, um, I'll be trying to do a lot more of these, trying to put a bit more effort in, and I'm really looking at doing a, um, a YouTube channel, um, it won't be super, uh, frequent, the videos, to begin with, just because I don't have 
uh, a very good you know audio recording place let alone a video recording place so um, I might try and do a few of those uh, I can say I will be doing a uh, YouTube video tomorrow actually it may not it may not be up on an actual on the actual blood sweat and cauliflower Air YouTube channel yet um, and it may not be up till late tomorrow night so possibly early Wednesday New Zealand time um, but just when I, I like to go back uh, watch the post-fight press conferences um, and then sort of get to get to hear the fighters perspective on everything and then maybe I can reflect and sort of speculate about um, what I think they want or what I think really happened in the fight and whatnot um, so yeah just trying to give you guys a bit more content and also just to keep it a bit fresh for me because um yeah, talking to myself, you know, as much as I love talking about fights, I love to talk to people about them, man, it gets real boring sitting here just uh, talking into a mic by myself, but, um, so yeah, it's, it's just trying to change up the format, give myself a little bit, uh, something different, you know, just keep myself looking forward to everything, um, you know, in anything you try to do too often becomes a bit of a bore, you just start going through the motion, so, um, yeah, just like a workout, trying to keep it fresh, trying to keep it new for you guys and for me, um, I'd really like you guys to give me any comments or suggestions, anything you guys um, think I could do better, anything you guys want to hear me talk about more in regards to MMA. Maybe I talk too much about the actual events and I don't, you know, like some people, like Robin Black talks a lot more about the philosophy of fights and, you know, the mentality behind it and all that sort of thing. Less about the actual uh, technique and the actual fight, the physical side of it anyway. Um, so yeah, if you guys want to get in touch with me for that, um, I take, you know, suggestions like a hooker takes dick, um, quite well. So feel free, BSN Collier on Instagram and Twitter, um, B-S-N-C-A-U-L-I-E-A-R on Instagram and Twitter. Um, you can reach me privately on, uh, blood, sweat and cauliflower ear at gmail.com or just the usual Facebook, blood, sweat and cauliflower ear. So thanks guys, I'm really glad to be back, I really hope you guys enjoyed this, and are looking forward to more of them, because I can tell you what, there will be more coming, whether you like it or not, so hang in there guys, stay high, stay fly, bye.